and welcome back to the Calorie Deficit University podcast. I am Alexis, your host. We are so thankful and happy that you have stumbled upon our podcast. Um, the response, honestly, has been super positive um, and really exciting. And yes, I still have a cold. <clears throat> I cannot shake it, so I do apologize about that. I'm going to be extremely articulate as, as possible as I can um, throughout this portion of the show. So, um, please do, if you don't already, uh, follow us on Instagram at calorie deficit underscore. We also have a YouTube, um, calorie deficit university. So subscribe there as well, where we post lots of other content. Um, we post new episodes every single Friday, like clockwork at 8am. So please, uh, make sure to subscribe and check us out every single Friday. Um, please do leave us a review if you haven't already. That would be awesome. Um, if you want to like leave us a comment or whatever, I try and look at every single review that we get. Um, so yeah, that would be really, really awesome. Today we are going to be talking about how to know if you're in a deficit. So the whole point of the show is about uh, fat loss, calorie deficit, you know, fitness, health and wellness. Um, so how do you know? How do you know that you are in a calorie deficit? I think this is a huge topic that could be talked about on length um, over and over and over again. I've seen, especially with clients um, and just like life and people, they think that they are in a deficit and um, a lot of things happen. They're either not really in a deficit um, or they are and they haven't been patient enough with it. Um, but I, I find most of the time people actually aren't in a deficit when they think that they are. And it's not that they're intentionally trying to lie to themselves, um, but it's just their habits that they do on a regular basis that they're completely unaware of um, their eating habits that end up making them not in a deficit um, over extended period of time. So a lot of the time too, some clients will say, you know, I've been in a deficit for the past four days and that's super positive. And yes, they have absolutely absolutely been in a deficit. And then on the weekends, you know, their spouse comes home and they get a little bit relaxed and they do things that they wouldn't normally be doing during the week. Um, they go out with friends and they're trying to count in their calories. And it's really hard to do that all the time at a restaurant because you don't know how much oil people are pouring because they're not sitting back there measuring two tablespoons of oil as they cook your vegetables. They're, they're really not. Um, and different things like that. And so if you don't know how to order um, at a restaurant, which truthfully, unless you're trying to work for um, like a bodybuilding competition or something like that, you really don't need to be trying to count every single calorie at the restaurant. Um, it can become tedious and um, kind of, in my opinion, overdoing it. So we're going to work through how to know you're in a deficit, right? Because I need to know, you know, being in a deficit is the only way to lose fat, um, to lose weight. So how, how do I do that? How do I know that I'm on the right track? So I first want to start out by saying there's no way to really definitively know. Um, there's no test. There's no little forum you can take online. There's no scientific test that is developed yet. There's, there's nothing. So we have lots of different tools to use, um, to know. So in addition to that, everybody is different. 
so everyone's body is different everyone's metabolism is different everyone's response to the food that they're eating um, is different everyone's gut health is different everyone's you know predetermined conditions are different if you have heart disease if you have cancer everybody's predetermined uh, position in their journey is different, right? So you have to take all of these different tools into account in order to set yourself up for the best success with fat loss. So with that being said, there are a couple things that you need to do to be in a deficit. And then we're going to walk right into how you, how you can actually know it. You need to make sure you're hitting these things before we talk about how, you know, so most of my clients aren't patient enough. Okay. And I've seen that time and time again on social media, online, just watching people. They're not patient enough. So they'll say, you know, Alexis, I've tried, I've been in a calorie deficit for, you know, two months and it's just not working. I would say, continue to be patient, continue to dig deeper, continue to dive in. Because if you're not losing fat and you're in a calorie deficit, then you're not in a calorie deficit because the only way to lose fat is to be in a calorie deficit. So if you're not losing fat, then you're not in a deficit. So the second thing is consistency. And that's honestly the biggest thing I see is people aren't consistent. They'll do a deficit for two days and they'll be like, it didn't really work. So um, it, it doesn't work. So then they're not consistent with it and they try something else and then they go back to a deficit and then they try something else and then they go back. That's not real consistency. True consistency is doing something for a minimum of three months, a minimum of 90 days. That is real consistency. Okay. Um, and you can do micro cuts, right? Where you're doing like six weeks and then two weeks off and then six weeks and two weeks off still like a minimum of 90 days in that program, in that consistency. Okay. Number three, um, is actually paying attention to the food that you're consuming. Um, I even myself have to check in with myself regularly, um, with the food that I'm consuming because it can get out of hand very, very quickly. And when I say out of hand, that's not a negative term or like being negative. It's just food caloric intake can get high very quickly. Um, because there are nutrient dense in the sense of like calorically dense food out there. So like, for example, oils, you know, really understanding like the oil that you're cooking with, that you're using butters, creamers. I mean, seriously, when I measure out a two tablespoons of my coffee creamer that I like, it is super sad and depressing because that is not the amount of, of creamer that I want. I need at least like three to four, um, tablespoons, which I'll do if that's what I want. But seriously, that is not enough. And so what you think in your brain is only maybe 60 calories may actually be double, like 120, or you're not paying attention to food labels. Um, a lot of the time, it, things are very tricky on the food labels. Like there's a specific type of wrap that I really like. It's a protein wrap, but um, you have to really read the label. The label says um, one serving is half a wrap. So that kind of tricks your brain. You would think, hmm, one serving should be a whole wrap, but no, it's half of a wrap because the wraps are really, really long. And so like the whole wrap is 120 calories, but half a wrap is 60 calories, which is a serving. So paying attention to those minute things, really learning and educating yourself about labels, knowing that the FDA doesn't have higher requirements for uh, food labels. 
um, and food education uh, to the consumer um, and transparency, to be honest. So looking at labels, your garlic powder may say a teaspoon is zero calories, but that doesn't mean a tablespoon is zero calories. So you have to keep those things in mind um, as you're going about your calorie deficit. When you think that you're in a deficit and you're actually not because you're forgetting that you put ketchup on your eggs and then you put barbecue on your chicken at lunch and then for dinner you had marinara sauce on top of your pasta. All of those things add up over time. If you forget to count the ketchup and the barbecue sauce and the pasta sauce, you're that's probably going to add up to around 200 calories. And if you know, you're 200 calories over your calorie intake every single day, that's a calorie surplus over time. So if you multiply 200 calories by seven days a week, okay, two times seven, you're at over a thousand calorie surplus over the whole week. That that's a lot. Um, So you have to take those small, minute details into consideration. Um, And if you don't, then you're going to be really upset and disappointed because you won't end up being in a calorie deficit. Truly, people don't pay attention to what they're eating and they think they're eating high protein and they're not. They think they're eating lower carb and they're not. They, they, They think that they're eating a certain way and they're truly not. And that's not a bad thing. It's just you have to educate yourself you have to have a food journal. You have to pay attention to what you're eating um, if you want real results. And you can make those changes. Um, There are small changes. You can go for the lower calorie barbecue sauce and it tastes exactly the same. You can go for, you know, the lower calorie creamer than the full fat, the reduced fat, not full fat. There's all these different little replacements that if you make those tiny changes over time, it adds up to being a lot. So just like the little things that you don't measure add up to being a lot, the little replacements and changes over time add up to being really big as well. So number four is that um, you really need to have a lot of grace with yourself and know that you're going to fail the first time that you try to be in a calorie deficit. It's going to take longer than you expect um, and you need to be really patient with yourself and and have have some grace and say, you know, I'm going to fall down. I'm going to learn a lot through this whole process and they need to be very forgiving and know that it's not going to happen in an instant way. Um, and the fifth thing is protein. Uh, honestly, like I could talk about protein all day long. Um, there's so much a benefit in eating a high protein diet and most people aren't eating enough protein. Um, most people have an obscene amount of carbs in their diet and carbs aren't, aren't bad. And I eat a about 40 to 45% of my diet is carbs. So almost half, all, almost half of my daily intake is carbs, but I also get around 140 grams of protein a day. So that's about 0.8 to 1 grams of protein per my my pounds, per my weight, um, which is right where you want to be. So that's going to promote bone health. That's going to promote um, satiety. So feeling full for longer. That's going to promote muscle growth, mu- muscles uh, like sustaining, sustaining your muscle over time. Um, it's going to promote brain health. Um, so many things there's, you need to eat protein. If you're going to be in a deficit, you have to, you have to, you have to, um, it's just going to set yourself up for success. So again, talking about that 90 days of consistency, if you're not trying uh, a calorie deficit for 90 days, 
minimum being consistent with that you know then it's not going to work out and you don't have to be in a major deficit for 90 days that's not what i'm saying i'm not saving saying starve yourself that's not what a calorie deficit is you could be in a deficit of 100 calories less a day just 100 and you're still going to lose weight as long as you're in a deficit of 100 calories and with that 100 calorie deficit you're most likely not going to be hungry at all you're probably not going to even notice all right so let's talk about now how do you know how do you know that you're in a deficit so there's a lot of different variables that you can pay attention to the first and not as reliable so it's not like my first number one woohoo this is the best way to know but it's just part of it is that your weight is trending down so I didn't say your weight goes down it trends down so a trend is like on if you imagine um like a scientific graph. It's trending down over time. Within that, it may go up, it may go down, it may go up, it may go down, but it's trending down over time. So over that 90-day period, maybe you started out at 180 pounds and you get down to 150, okay? It doesn't happen in two weeks, but over a long period of time, it trends down. The second thing is going to be your measurements. So it's really important to literally get a a tape measure and measure out your bust measure out your bicep measure out your your butt measure out your waist you know your hips your your quads measure out everything and see that the measurements go down over time um number three is progress photos so you start to see the weight loss or the fat loss happen in your photos you're seeing new muscles you're seeing you know a little bit of pudge in one area goes down that sort of thing Um, In addition to that, you'll see your clothes get looser. They start fitting better um, or fit differently. You'll, You'll notice that maybe your shirt is a little bit looser. It's not as tight on your back when you roll your shoulders over. Um, another is that, yes, your hunger will increase. Now, we're not saying you're going to be starving, but we're saying that, yes, you're going to notice, hmm, I'm kind of hungry. I'm kind of ready for dinner a little bit. Let, let's start dinner. I'm, I'm kind of kind of hungry. It is okay to be hungry. That is a natural bodily response. It's a cue of your body saying, hey, I actually need food right now. A lot of people don't experience true cues of hunger. They usually experience cues of boredom um, or things like that. So really understanding and learning your body of like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually hungry right now um, is totally normal, totally fine uh, to experience hunger in a calorie deficit. Now, if you're in too big of a deficit, you may experience a feeling of I'm ravenous, I'm starving, I need to eat the whole fridge, I can't stop, won't stop. That is when you're in too big of a deficit and you need to scale it back. Um, Another point is that you're going to start feeling kind of cold sometimes in your extremities. I I have that. Some people don't experience that um, depending on how your body fat is displaced throughout your body, but definitely in my fingers, not as much in my toes. I will experience um, a cold when I'm in a deficit. Like my, my fingers, if I'm sitting for a while, they'll get kind of cold on the tips and I'll notice that maybe sometimes they're a little bit blue that's perfectly normal. Your body fat is going down. That is a good sign. Um, again, if it becomes too extreme where you're shaking, that's when you need to scale it, scale it back. But I would say like with the hunger, with the cold, if you're shaking or, and we're going to talk about this, um, in a minute after I get through all the points, um, if you're shaking, if you are 
completely ravenous. I, I would say that's rare, that that is not um, common, a common occurrence. And usually when that occurs, people are intentionally uh, trying to abuse a calorie deficit um, in order to obtain something else. So that is when um, you have eating disorders and things like that. It is not the average person that experiences ravenous hunger or extreme cold um, in their extremities. That is that is a uh, outlier, an extreme an extreme example because it takes a lot. It, it takes so much honestly willpower and determination to be in that much of a calorie deficit so i I don't see that occurring often at all um another point is going to be people start noticing your weight loss they say hey you know you're looking really good like what are you doing you're you know you're looking fantastic in these clothes like wow that you're doing so awesome you're looking so strong you're looking so fit so lean um that's that's a good sign that oh my gosh i must be losing some mad weight because people are noticing the other one is um, if you're on the more leaner side and you're wanting to get leaner is veins, you'll start to notice, oh my gosh, like I have blood vessels or, you know, either you can see them through the skin um, or they'll start to pop through the skin as your body fat goes down. Um, so let, oh, another sign is you're, you're maybe not going to feel too hot all the time. You're not going to feel really awesome. Your energy levels might be a little bit lower. Um, that's because you don't have as much food. You're not eating as much food, um, to have all this energy during the day. But on the reverse side of that, you actually may experience an increase of energy depending on the food that you're eating. So if you're eating more protein, um, you're having like <clears throat> more you know, good positive energy, like more greens, more fruits. If that wasn't previously in your diet, you may start to feel better. Um, not as sluggish, not as brain fogged. Um, a lot of people, it, it takes a lot of energy for your body to digest. So all that food that you're eating is also going to go towards the digestion of that food. So if you're not sitting around constantly binging, you may experience more energy as well. I know that that's the case for me when I have regular meal times of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I'll usually have either like one small snack or like a, a, a usually large dessert. Cause I like dessert and fruit and like yogurt and things like that. Um, you'll experience more energy. And I know I find that for me because I'm not sitting around digesting food all the time. So my body can actually be like awake and using energy for other things and other activities. Um, so let's go into the extreme cases. Uh, it's it's important to talk about, but it, again, extreme outliers, rare cases. So when we go into too much of a calorie deficit, that's when you start talking about things like metabolic damage, which I'm not an expert when it comes to those sorts of things. So I'm going to briefly talk about some things like that to avoid, to pay attention to. So most of the time I see with a calorie deficit, um, the psychological damage, um, which if I'm being honest is normally is usually self-inflicted, um, psychological damage where they're viewing a calorie deficit in a negative way and they have negative goals for fat loss. Like they're not trying to lose fat for their health or for their energy or, you know, for their longevity or like, you know, wanting to be around when they're, when their grandbabies are around, like I usually see those psychological damages when someone's trying to lose fat um, 
you know, for a vain reason or for a social reason or for their spouse or something like that. They're not wanting to lose fat um, for a positive reason. And that's when you see people like with anorexia or body dysmorphia or bulimia or things like that. Um, and that is when you need to seek professional help. And um, I, I won't take a client who is wanting to lose fat or weight um, for a not positive reason. Or I'll try and help the client maybe change that goal into a more positive goal. So you really, in order to have sustainable weight loss, you you need to have it for, for a good reason, right? For a positive reason that's going to benefit your life, uh, make you live longer, a happier life, a more fulfilled life. You don't want to lose fat um, for a bad reason because honestly, you're just going to gain it right back. So if you're losing fat, um, for me, it's to be healthier, to have more energy and want to be able to hike a mountain on a Saturday and go to work the next day. You know, I, I want to have lots of energy. I want to chase after my dogs. I want to have kids. I want to have grandbabies. I want to, you know, not have a difficult birth, like all those things. Those are really positive reasons. Um, so then, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, we have metabolic damage, so like physiological damage. That's when your, you know, your bones become brittle. Um, this is like when we're kind of getting into the anorexia uh, side of a calorie deficit is when you've been in a deficit, a huge deficit for way too long, um, and maybe your body's starting to have muscle loss because there is no fat left to uh, use. You have hair loss, period loss, lipido loss. That is an extreme, that is an extreme deficit, and that's when you need to seek professional help, medical help, um, because that that's bad. That needs to stop. So a calorie deficit, again, like I was mentioning earlier, does not have to be negative. It, it inherently is not negative, but you can, just like anything in the world, you can use it as a tool for your own demise. And that's all I'm going to say about that. If you want to know more about the negative effects of a calorie deficit, again, I'm not a medical professional. I'm not an expert on that. Um, I know the markers and that is when you need to go seek help and um, get, uh, you know, help from a therapist. My job is to help people uh, lose fat in a sustainable and healthy way. So how do you do that? How do you lose fat in a sustainable and healthy way? Protein, 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 eat, eat. Yes, it sounds counterintuitive. Calorie deficit, I'm supposed to be eating less, but no, you need to eat when you're in a calorie deficit. You need to eat the right amount of calories. So we're not saying eat a thousand calories a day and be in a thousand calorie a day deficit. That's not what a sustainable deficit is. And you aren't going to be able to lose weight that way sustainably because you're just going to binge. You're just starving and then binging and starving and then binging. So a sustainable uh, caloric deficit is honestly in the range of 200 uh, to 500 calories a day. And I would say the high end of 500 calories is extreme and that is difficult. Uh, I've done it, but it's for like a shorter period of time. So maybe like five weeks to six weeks. And it is hard. Like you have to have willpower. You have to have determination. Um, that's usually for like competitions, things like that. Um, the slower progression of weight loss. So like a, a 200 to 250 calorie deficit a day is better because it's more likely that you're not even going to notice um, that form of fat loss in the sense of like what you're eating. You're going to see it in all the things that I talked about earlier, but you're not going to notice it in your hunger and things. Ooh, sorry, I hit my water bottle and things like that. 
Um, other things to keep weight loss sustainable or fat loss be sustainable is making sure that you're getting enough sleep, enough rest, um, you know, getting in enough water, uh, having those like personal time, check in, you know, reading, um, going out with people, interacting with people, having like positive, uh, influences on your life, those sorts of things. That's what's going to help, uh, keep your weight loss sustainable and help you keep the the fat off. So, and also in addition to that, you need to incorporate food that you love, right? So there's no good food. There's no bad food. There's definitely more nutritious food and less nutritious food, but you can't just ward off all food and say, I'm never going to eat that. I, I can't eat that. You can count those foods in, or you can just count that time in and say, all right, you know, I'm going to be 80% consistent. And that's like five to six days off a month of where you're not binging, but where you're just saying, okay, I'm going to have, you know, some pizza and a salad and and that's okay. And then tomorrow we're right back on our normal deficit routine. That's great. That's a great way to have sustainable weight loss happen over time. Um, So to recap, how to know you're in a deficit, your weight's trending down, your measurements are going down, your progress photos are very revealing of all the events you're seeing tone, leanness, uh, maybe you're seeing veins, you're a little bit cold in your fingers and your toes, you're hungry a little bit of the time, but you're not starving. People are saying, wow, you're looking fantastic. What are you doing? Your clothes are fitting differently. Maybe you need new clothes. Um, you're maybe feeling super awesome because your digestion is not taking all of your energy, or maybe you have a little bit of lower energy and you need to sleep more and you're getting eight hours of sleeping and you're drinking lots of water and maybe your skin is clearing up and all of these different things are happening, boom, you're making that consistent change over time. You are being patient with yourself. You know, you're, you're, you've been consistent for more than 90 days. You're paying attention to all of your food and you're very aware of the things that you're eating. And you know, like, yep, I'm having this amount of protein in my diet and I'm feeling great. I'm eating over a hundred grams of protein and I'm feeling super full and I'm having grace with myself. And on Friday, it's my anniversary and we're going out to a steakhouse and we're going to have a steak and it's going to be amazing. And I'm going to get potatoes with loads of butter and I'm going to eat the bread at the table. And then the next day, it's going to be just great. And I'm going to go on a walk with my daughter and I'm going to play with our dog and we're going to get right back in our routine. That is the money. That is all the money right there. If you are mastering all those things, you've won. You've won at life. You've won at fitness. You've won at sustainable weight loss. You've won at sustainable fat loss. That is it. That's all. Um, it, it is a lot to master and it takes a lot of time um, and that is okay. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing for skills to take time. Uh, it takes a long time to master things. Um, so have grace with yourself. Be very patient. Seek out other resources. Seek someone to be accountable to. You can do this. It will take some time, even though you want it to be fast. It takes a long time to make good, healthy habits for your life. Um, so be patient with yourself you got this. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope it brought you a lot of peace, clarity to know that you're not broken. You can lose weight. If you have an extreme medical condition that you know of, seek help, seek a doctor, get the testing done. You can do this, right? And I want to have a little 
story time. For me, I was not raised uh, eating healthy, like eating vegetables, um, eating lean protein. I had the yellow diet, the macaroni and cheese, the popcorn, the Pringles, the orange juice, the bananas, which are not bad, but yellow diet. I didn't have anything green. I ate the yellow diet as a child. And my mom did a great job feeding us. She would make us PB&Js and cut our sandwiches into hearts and, you know, have a sticky note with a heart on it and stick that on our sandwich. Like she was rocking. Our school would provide us with pretzels and apple juice. And these are all not bad foods, right? But they're not foods that promote a healthy lifestyle and they're not foods that actually promote a healthy gut. Um, and so my gut was horrific. And in addition to that, having anxiety and depression and taking birth control from a very young age to try and heal my acne, air quotes, um, my gut was really messed up. In addition to that, to try and heal my acne, I took doxycycline twice a day for almost a year. Um, I had strep multiple times as a child and um, courses upon courses of antibiotics. I had a very life-threatening infection that I uh, got in Australia where I almost had to have my foot <clears throat> amputated and was on extreme antibiotics um, for like three weeks. It was really, really horrible. Um, and at the time, nobody in my circle knew anything about gut health and the effects that all these things that were happening were doing to my gut. Um, because of that, because of this extreme case, which is actually a case for a lot of people, um, my gut wasn't absorbing nutrients, X, Y, and Z, blah, 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 blah. So my body started to deteriorate quite significantly um, once I turned 20. So I was having symptoms of what I thought was endometriosis. Um, but then I finally, after seeing two OBs and being on multiple different medications and not getting a lot of answers, um, you know, seeing a psychiatrist because I thought I was in my head, like lots of different things like that. Um, I finally saw an naturopath and she said, you know, you have all the signs of IBS and leaky gut. Let's do a blood test. And sure enough, that was the case. And so while I was trying to lose weight and I wasn't seeing good successes um, and I was having all this stomach pain and things like that, I saw this natural path who helped me figure out a good, um, you know, routine for me, food, uh, vitamins, strengthening my gut. I also had to do, um, address the health of my gallbladder and my liver. And I actually ended up having to pass, um, almost eight to 10 pounds of gallstones. And it was incredibly painful and something that I never, ever, ever want to have to do ever again. Um, and so, yes, that is an extreme case. I had actually 10 pounds of gallstones in my body. And so, yes, that is 10 pounds of weight loss, not fat loss, but weight. I lost 10 pounds of gallstones of weight. Um, and so there are those extreme cases, but in addition to that 10 pounds of weight, um, I also lost around 20 pounds, 15 to 20 pounds of fat, um, by being in a calorie deficit. So there are extreme cases out there. If you are like me and you have done in crazy rounds of antibiotics, um, you know, crazy being on birth control since eighth grade, um, oral 
birth control, um, those have horrible cystic acne. Maybe you, I, I literally TMI, but I would poop once a week, maybe every other week. Like I, I never pooped. Um, that is so bad for you. Um, addressing your gut health, addressing the foods that you're eating. is so, 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 so important in addition to being in a calorie deficit and doing all those things only help the, the deficit, right? Um, so that is like another extreme case to really pay attention to your health and, and address it. I, it's really important to look at yourself as a whole person and not just a number um, like or the number on the scale or anything like that, but looking at everything in your life um, to better your life uh, for the overall joy, longevity, everything that we've talked about. So I hope that you've enjoyed this episode super fun little story time about me. (laughs) If you want to know more about natural health and wellness, which it's really not necessarily natural, it's just that we live in a very chemically based society and environment, which is fine. And Western medicine is fan-freaking-tastic, but so is natural medicine as well. I can do lots and lots and lots of story times on that. Um, Man, it has been quite a ride and is actually what's led me to where I am today. Um, but yes, I digress. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, lots of fun, new, different things and content that I'm going to be talking about next week. I'm going to talk about, uh, the foundational gym movements that you should master. Um, really, really passionate about this topic. Um, it's really, really important. So please tune in. Um, if you haven't already review, uh, our podcast, give us a rating, um, follow us. We post new episodes every Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you guys rock. Uh, you're the reason that I do this, um, you know, for free. I really love educating people and I want to teach as many people as possible uh, so that you can find freedom and health in your life that works for you. Uh, Thanks so much and have a great weekend, guys.